funding for Sundays on the East End comes from Duncan Darrow of Sag Harbor, who is the founder of Fighting Chance, a free cancer counseling center for the East End for 18 years. Learn more online at fightingchance.org. Welcome to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy, and today joining me is our guest host, Word Hampton's head honcho, Steve Hawili. Hi, Steve. Hi, Bridget. How are you? Oh, great. I'm so happy that you're joining me. I'm really glad to be here, and thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we go way, way, way back, and our guest is going to be Colin Ambrose, and the three of us have probably known each other for like 30 years. At least. At least. Yep. So what are you up to? Uh, busy, busy, you know, getting ready for the season, uh, um, trying to uh, do some stuff internally. You know, that's what we do. We reboot in the off season, and... Um, you know, get ready for the onslaught, as it were. So, but you know, things are busy. We're busy here at Estia. And, oh yeah, uh, you know, yeah. We are coming here today from Little Estia's kitchen on uh, the Sag Harbor Turnpike, um, right in Sag Harbors, and, and we're going to be talking to Colin Ambrose, who's the head honcho here as well. And I know things are really busy at the Independent oh for my you gosh, guys. Yeah, so, uh, it doesn't feel like February. It really, no, does not feel like so, February. So you know. It's quote-unquote the off-season. Yes, you know. exactly. And the off-season seems to be less and less off. That's correct. I would agree with that. And especially, on a, I mean, it's just a holiday weekend. It's President's Weekend. But, yeah. um, you know, so there's, there's that little uptick. But uh, I agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not the furor of July and August. But, um, you know, it's busy. It's good. Well, you're listening to us here on 88.3 WPPB. You can also listen to us online at 883WPPB.org. And we are always up for donations. It is donation week. So if you want to show some love and support for NPR, your local NPR station, Long Island's only NPR station, please uh, consider that. So listen, we are going to be talking to Colin. And Colin is sort of a renaissance man because he, as you know, had uh, you and I probably used to go to the SDN Amagansett way back in the day. And he was really one of the first founders of the um, localism slow food movement out here. I remember doing a story, God, I mean, it had to be like in 94 and 95, about Colin planting a little garden behind in Amagansett, and then he would use those herbs. I mean, this was like not done except in California, using those herbs and then using the compost to for the garden and that kind of wonderful... So, so Colin was our second client at, at SDA. Who was your first? Honest Diner. Oh, okay. And uh, which, by the way, now Coche Commodore is going in there. That's part yeah, of the yeah, Nick and yeah. Tony's group. That's, that should be fun. But Colin had a dish on his menu called the two-hour salad, where he would pick. He would, you know, the the, I don't the he, that. He, yeah, he would he would pick the greens at four, and it would be available at six o'clock. And it was uh, it was perfectly named. And um, I mean, it says what it is. It's fresh organically grown lettuces at that time uh, it's still are organically grown and um so it's called the two-hour salad so he's one of the guys that was uh, and i've watched colin's entire uh career he's a self-made chef self-taught chef and he's he's uh, availed himself of some of the top chefs in new york and honestly, well you know what's amazing though States. is you know you and i go way back i call you wheels i like that's your nickname as far as that i'm concerned correct. Eric Lemonitas was just in here. I called him Ricky Lemons. That's his, that's what he is now, Ricky Lemons. But anyway, uh, Steve Willey, Word Hampton. I mean, you also did you found Restaurant Week? Was that we did at the suggestion okay. of Jerry Delafamina, um, <laughs> who just said you should do a Restaurant Week. And I turned to my partner Nicole and I go, "Who's going to do all the work?" Yeah, you. Um, so um, we ended up doing it. Now we have four Restaurant Weeks. It's uh, it's a big deal. East End Restaurant Week is coming up. Uh, it's going to be, I think, April. First, first week of April. First week of April. And then, um, but we do three Long Island restaurant weeks where we have 
about 170 restaurants across Long Island signed up for each of these restaurant weeks. So it's really uh, quite a thing. And, um, you know, everybody loves discount dining. So it's, Well, you know uh, what's really cool, though? I mean, I, this just all came together so well. I mean, of course, I love Alex Oclo as my usual co-host, of course. And we started this show together. But it seemed just so um, syzygistical to have you involved because not only our guests being Colin Ambrose, who we're going to be bringing on in a moment, um, but not only is it about... Uh, restaurants and food, which of course, Steve Hawley, you well know about, but it's also about art and it's about the journey. And you have your own journey where you have also brought art into your life. You're, you're, you're a well-known artist out here. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. And to Colin's credit, Colin had one of my pieces up here early, early on. And I, um, I had a gift that just kind of uh, descended upon me that uh, uh, suggested that I start painting and um, you know it's been great it's a it's a passion I've, I've, I've sold plenty I was represented by the Karen Mannix gallery and um, you know it's a, it's a it's a passion and I'm, I'm still painting and uh, still showing so it's um, so amazing because you know that's really what what life is all about I mean and I, I just need to be reminded of that over and over again I think we all do that life is about passion and it being Valentine's Day week and and everything it's just uh, you know we think of passion as being one thing but really I mean you have to go through your whole life with the, like a mission almost and when you find what that mission is and, and it's so interesting because Colin's mission is fission I didn't mean to do that sorry guys but that's one of the things that's kind of come out of all of this is you know my dad told me a long time ago of course my I was brought up in the restaurant business my dad being you know Warner Leroy and Tavern on the Green and you know Maxwell's Plum and all that and he said that the people he knew who were happiest were not people who followed a direct line they're people who you know maybe kept something from their past but continued on and and kind of changed gears and that they were more balanced and they were more happy and it seems like all of us have kind of done that I would I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah us yeah. three us three here, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, I mean, I love the artwork that Colin has here today. And he'll we'll he'll talk about, about it. We are um, we are gonna we're gonna bring him on in a minute. In and, fact, and, and so. Colin has a great eye, and I'm proud to say that Colin uh, owns one of my pieces. So I uh, always appreciate blue it. fish. Uh, well, I love I it. I yeah. have one of your pieces. <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy it. So I'm, gonna, I'm actually in the middle of making uh, five more blues. And uh, can I barter by like having you on the radio? It's possible. It's <laughs> possible. Anything is possible. Well, listen, we're gonna be right back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and my guest host Steve Huili. We're going to be bringing on chef, raconteur, artist and fisherman Colin Ambrose. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB-FM Long Island's only NPR station. We'll be right back after this. 365 days a year, WPPB is working for you on the air and on our website. WPPB has a helpful community calendar on our site. Just go to 883WPPB.org to the community calendar tab and tell us about your activity or event. It's free, easy, and fast. WPPB is the voice of the community, 365 days a year, seven days a week, on the air and online. Spread the word about your community events. Go to 883WPPB.org. Hi, welcome back to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy, and I'm here with my guest host, Steve Hawili. Yo, yo, yo. And we are going, uh, we're actually coming to you live from Estia's. Actually, not live, because we're recording on a different day. It's not live at all. It's recorded by our brilliant producer, Kyle Lynch. And we're bringing on Colin Ambrose. No, no stranger to NPR you are. You've been on. I love it. 
Yeah, I, I know. And you've it. been on Bonnie. You've done a, this song. Bonnie this year, Grace. Right. I've I've been on with Brian Cosgrove. Right. That's right. right. And. Uh, it's really nice to have you all here today at Estia's Little Kitchen. Oh, well, we're excited to be here. And um, let's go way back, because during the break we were talking about all of us fondly remembering pasta shorts. I wonder if anyone out there remembers that. So it was such a great, uh, such a great program that you had at the old Estia in Amagansett. Yeah, it grew out of a need. You know, um, Steve was working with me at that time, and we used to have... We'd bullpen about what needed to be done to, you know, juice the off-season because, like you were saying before, the off-season has, has changed and yeah. there was a time it started in, you know, the mid-November and we had to have a reason for being there that went beyond, you know, linguine with clam sauce. And um, so the idea was to put a screen on the back wall, project a film, for the audience, which was my dinner crowd, and do two seatings a night on Friday and Saturday nights from the end of November until March. And we named it Pasta Shorts. And, and um, It was short films. It was short films, and what we tried to do was we'd show three short films over the course of a price-fixed dinner, and we'd watch the films and look for cues, whether there were olives in the film, or maybe there was you know uh, a garden uh, maybe there was a salad maybe there was cheese and we would incorporate those components into the menu and not everybody got it but the ones that did appreciated it and the ones that didn't it really didn't matter they were there for a nice time we showed three films and it, it had a three-year run yeah do you remember that steve oh of course yeah and no, absolutely it was uh just a, a, a brilliant uh execution of uh, you know restaurants doing something different to stimulate their clientele to bring them in because um, especially in the off season so I thought it was a great idea and um, it uh, it stuck it yeah. did and it was such a natural for Amagansett in the early 90s because we had every weekend I think <laughs> Lauren Michaels would have people coming out and if they were staying at his place they probably weren't taking every meal in his <laughs> kitchen at home so they were coming to me right. and a lot of those people had created short films as their calling cards to get into their place in the media world I remember my good friend Taylor Barton had one called I think it was called Manic Cure yep. Manic Cure and it was about it was very very funny I remember so many of the films I saw there and that was like 25 years ago we had Rob Morrow, we had John Lessenhop, we had a lot of people that are now, you know, actively, and, and because those people were involved in the screenings, the people that they moved about with would come and sit with them and be part of the dinner party. And, T, uh, you know, Taylor and GE were often there. Uh, and, it, and, and so we had a community that was really a dream for a 32-year-old kid who was trying to break his teeth in the restaurant world. And the other thing was the Hamptons Film Festival had just started right around that time, which many locals sort of felt wasn't accessible at that time. So right. Colin had pasta shorts, so it was Amagansett's little off-season film festival <laughs> for three years, if, if, you, if you think was. about that and then, in the context then, of the film festival. As the film festival came on beautifully with such glamour and... And they did such a beautiful job with it. We were able to look at what we were really focused on, which was the plate. 
and right. we could step back and they it's not that they took anything from us but our, the need for us to do what we did diminished and we were able to fill the restaurant on the weekends without the films and it was to my wife's great chagrin because she really liked Jessica, going. Jessica, yeah, she loved love going you. to uh, to Sundance, and 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 I once sat on a chairlift with one of the Cohen brothers, and he couldn't get you know, away. Yeah, no, <laughs> he was great. Trapped. He was very supportive. Joel Cohen, he yeah. was very supportive, and you know, I had a chance to talk to him about the filmmaking process. Now, that was something that was not on my to do list that day. <laughs> Probably not on his either. <laughs> Awesome. So then, now you're over here in Sag Harbor. We're coming to you from Estia's little kitchen on the Sag Harbor Turnpike. So, but but you know what I'm hearing is just the community. It has so much to do with community. I mean, the reason you you showed the films, a restaurant is a place where people gather. And my dad's big quote is that a restaurant is the only place where you can explore all five of your senses. So in a way, it's like art, community, food, all seem to gel together with you, Colin. Do you feel that? It represents what I want to do. As uh, I, I'm a platform for the community here. Um, I, I've done it with my staff. I think that um, the people that work here are unique in that they've stayed with me for a long time. You have the same and thing. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Steve O'Willy, Word Hampton, you have staff who have been with you for ages. Oh my goodness, Nicole's been with me. I got Nicole out of college. She just celebrated 22 years with me. Wow. Um, it's like She's like my work wife. No, she's awesome. And, oh, your uh, work wife. Oh, goodness gracious. She Steve watches Co- me. Steve Coates is my work wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell him you said yeah, that. Yeah, no, he's probably listening. But um, yeah, and, I mean, like I was saying, we all go back and we're all committed to the community in our own way. But now you're over here in, in Sag Harbor. Do you ever... Uh, well, let's talk about the shed for a minute because that's something that's interesting that you've brought community into your restaurant here um, it's a female co-working space on Tuesdays yeah, yeah and it's worked out beautifully the we were approached early on uh, I think it was in August of 2018 uh, there was an email that came to me requesting um, a conversation if you would consider providing us with a space when your operation is not in use We'd like to talk to you about it. And I said, I'm I'm not sure what I can do, but I'm happy to have the conversation. And that's the way a lot of these things work. Um, What's built out of it is we've been able to give them a platform to test their concept. And I think that it's been successful enough for them on their one day a week being here on Tuesdays, starting in September, and they'll end in in the end of March, and they're moving on into a space that's going to have five-day-a-week occupancy. They don't have to come in and set up every time they they operate, but they did a beautiful job with this space, transforming it, softening it, um, going into an unused restaurant space one day a week takes a lot of cre- creativity and, and a, there is a process. Right. They came up with ways to use aromatherapy in the air that, you know, this restaurant has a lot of people in it all the time. And um, that is because they're here to eat. And the aromas of the food are always part of the room. Well, you take that away 
and you want to fill it with attractive, well-heeled women, it might not be the greatest thing. And they figured out how to work that out. They, they, they injected beautiful aromas into the room. They brought soft textures with fabric and fur and flowers. And they transformed the space every Tuesday uh, to the point where it worked for them and they were able to start to see how their process was going to be and how they were going to establish community for themselves. So we're really honored that we were able to do that. And one of the things, we've had a couple of events here with them. We've had a Christmas party. They had an event with you where they did collage. And yeah, I, I, did a, <laughs> I did a vision board. Vision and, board. and it was filled. I mean, they literally, they got 37 women to come down and have a glass of wine and vision board for an evening and um, I was approached and this kind of is an appropriate segue into the conversation about art because over the years we have art maven here yeah well that's part of our community it's yeah. a big part of our community sure and it's the easiest one to identify if food and and flavor is your thing because there's a lot of, of you know color and, and creative programming that comes through this art community and it's not all on the level that is unattainable. Um, there's a lot of people who are trying to establish themselves as artists out here and we've been able to be a conduit to their next step. I'd like to say we're a conduit to their success, but reality is that it's a process. Do you sell art off the walls we, here? We sold five pieces from this show, and uh, this show went up about three weeks ago, and it'll come down. And what happened was Georgia Souter, whose father was one of my original customers in Amagansett, David Souter, came to me, and this is how it goes. She sends me an email and she says, I'm just about to graduate from college and I have a portfolio of work. And my sister, Valerie, who had a show with me here two years ago, is suggesting that I show it. And would you consider giving me an opportunity? And I said, absolutely. And that's when I turned to the women at Shed and I said, you know, I'd like to do a series of art shows with you that feature young women or so women Colin. Uh, that are kind of analogous to your program. As, as a young woman myself, yeah. can I say thank you? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I want everybody to have a, a, a chance to do their best through what we have here. And uh, with some people, it's just this, a hot cup of coffee and a smile. With others, it's taking the time to ask them how they're doing or compliment them on their new car because we're aware of all that stuff as, as people become part of our community. In this case, the Souter family, I had to say, absolutely, her, her um, portfolio wasn't quite big enough to fill the room. So I automatically turn to another person that I've known for a little while, Edwina Lucas, who is also about the same age. She's in her mid-20s, and she's done a beautiful job um, creating a platform for herself through her use of, of paint. And, and she worked as an assistant for John Alexander, who was another one of my original clients. Didn't you used to plant your, that's where you used that to was, plant your, your veggies and herbs right. and stuff. Uh, right, right behind his studio. Yeah, that's so and, funny. And, and so I, 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 we created this two-woman show, and 
Shed did a beautiful job of inviting everybody to the opening, which happened about two weeks ago, and we sold several pieces, and so we were successful there. And it was interesting that yesterday, another highly regarded local artist named Donald Sultan was here, <laughs> and he smiled at me and he said, how did you get John Alexander to hang his artwork in here? And I said, you know, actually, Donald, it's not John, it's his one of his disciples, uh, and you can see his hand on her work. And, and that's really exciting for me to have that 30-year process become something that is now showing up in new ways through the example of the great people that we've known for so long. You have had, in this particular location, um, notwithstanding Amagansa, but you have a lot, you've developed this art uh, pull, if you will, because it, it, it's kind of happened organically because Dan Rizzi is a regular, um, April Gornick and uh, Eric Fischel are regular, so you have, the art community comes to you anyway to dine, and I think it's been very very wise of you to... Uh, uh, include them? In, in, well, not only include them, but 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 have art on the walls, and, and, I, and I think it's developed, and it's... Uh, uh, it's here to stay, and it's this work by Lucas is fabulous. Isn't it wonderful? It's and, really amazing. And it contrasts very nicely with George's work, yeah, which is which is very graphic. And um, our next show will hang in March with Melinda Hackett and Margot Carr, who have wonderful portfolios, and we're very excited to have them come up in March. This has been uh, amazing. We're talking with Colin Ambrose at Estia's Little Kitchen with my guest host, Steve Hawili, and we've been talking about food and art. And um, Steve, do you fish? I know you swim. I do fish. You do um, fish? I do fish. I love to fish. I'm a surf caster. I'm a saltwater guy, unlike Colin, who um, somehow has mastered the fly rod, and Colin will go all over Kingdom Come. I know. We're going we're gonna to talk well, about that. Well, I mean... But, but I do fish. I, I love to fish. It's another one of my passions. Okay, so seriously, I have, I, when I was a kid, I went to Acapulco with my dad. You want to talk about like the worst like tourist story in the world? I fished once. I caught like a huge marlin. My dad had it stuffed and shipped back to New York and hung over my bed. So like people would walk in and be like, what the hell is that? And I'd be like, it's a fish I caught. But like literally, I fished once. I caught one fish. That was it. And it was a big marlin. I hope you still have that marlin. It, it haunted me for many years. I was, happy to, <laughs> I was happy to eventually throw it out. I hated that marlin. Oh. It gave me nightmares. I had a minor coup this summer. I went fishing with uh, Captain David Rudishan, who's an old friend. Chef Gail Arnold, who's a uh, uh, former chef at Nick and Tony's, now a, a private chef with uh, Spielberg in the summers. So we went out um, with with Dave uh, out in Montauk, and we, we went over to Block Island night fishing. It's like one in the morning, and I would be totally scared. I'd see like Ben Gardner's head in a boat. No, no, no. Well, it was a full moon. Okay. It, was, it was a it was an awesome night. Okay. And I caught four. 43-pound bass. Get out of town. Oh, it, and, and, and Rudishan was, was grumbling. Gail, Gail caught like a 25-pound bass, and, and, and the uh, captain threw it back, right. which is a significant fish, right? Right. So I, I just killed it by, by luck, <laughs> uh, but I'll never forget that. Well, you know, it has a lot to do with the guide. Oh, David Rushan knows these waters yeah, like the back the, and of his hand. And this captain, and even yeah. knew, David knew who to hire, and so he knew we were sitting on cows, as, as the vernacular is. And that's right? why you fish with a guide. <clears throat> There's no well, question. Bottom line. 
the audience may be asking, why are you discussing fish with Colin Ambrose? <laughs> well, we're going to find out when we come back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy, my guest host, Steve Huili, Chef Colin Ambrose, our producer, Kyle Lynch, and you're listening to us on 88.3 FM. But you can listen to us online or you can say, Alexa, play WPPB on TuneIn. And if you feel like making a donation, you can also do that online or by calling the number on the website. And we will be right back after this. Is there someone in your life you'd like to honor? Family member, friend, an unsung hero? Nominate them for a Merci Bouquet, delivered free from Sag Harbor Florist. Send name and contact information to bonnie at 883wppb.org and listen Friday mornings on the Media Mavens on WPPB. Merci Bouquet, giving thanks to our community. We're back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Steve Hawili, my guest host. Hi, Stevie. Hi, hi, hi. So um, we were talking about fishing, and we're going to, Colin is going to talk about that. But have you had a, I mean, I want to ask you, because Word Hampton is obviously not what you've been doing your entire life. You were like bartending at Nick and Tony's and everything. You had a moment that made you go, I want to start doing this. Well, it was uh, a born of desperation, but also because <laughs> somebody would pay me for my writing because I had always had this idea that if you're going to be a writer, you had to write the great American novel. And in fact, uh, what I found out there was this th that you could copyright and people would, would pay you. <laughs> and so my, my business started li literally, uh, uh, I, I, I imagined it, and um, I... I had business. The, the, the story is too long to tell. Yes, but it basically, is. what I began to do was <laughs> I would I would market um, the fact that I had a mailing list to restaurants below uh, Houston Street, um, above Canal, and west of Broadway right. in Manhattan. I would walk around before my my restaurant shift and sell this list. Somebody said, "Have you ever written a press release?" I wrote the press release for a restaurant called The Red Caddy on Houston Street, got a hit, and a little light bulb went off. Oh, and wow. then I moved out here because I was hired by Nick and Tony's to be their bar manager when they had their expansion in 91. That's probably when I met you. And I was that's probably, probably at the bar. The, uh, yes, I think you were. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the beginning of Wordhampton from that's there. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's so great. And I mean, I never thought I was going to go into the news business. I mean, I... I, you know, played around at the star and whatnot and everything, but never thought I could get paid for my writing. And then we started The Independent in 93. And Colin, you know, has had many, weren't you in the advertising business before yeah. even? Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. I was an ad sales rep for quite a while. That's amazing. And, and then, then you came out our here. our PR plan was born on a bar napkin at Nick and Tony's with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica and I went in. Man, we go way back. Jessica said, I know this guy. You got to meet him. And yeah, the next thing guy. we knew, man, we were uh, filling a book with yeah, little stories fun. about all the stuff. But we now you've fun. gone through this other change. Tell me about how American Rivers Tour was born. Mm. I, I needed something in my life that took me on the road. 
and um, I've been passionate about fishing all my life, and I love striped bass fishing and bluefish out here. But really, for me, it's it's um, inland is, is you know I live here, right, so right. this was my opportunity to come up with a promotional piece that for the restaurant that was born out of food, and I could get excited about it and and come up with all kinds of trip ideas and that's really what's happened I, 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 I it's my goal to speak for the small towns across the country but and it's so amazing I mean, open I'm so, windows I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt but I, if I don't you'll just talk forever because I know you <laughs> so, but it's so incredible because I've seen some of these they're wonderful these little films and you you fish and then you you cook over an open fire. It's like it's like you're a caveman or something. And but you do these amazing recipes based on where you are, right? Based on the area, based on what's local and what fish you've caught. And so it's combining everything. It's just incredible. Tell tell me about that. Tell me about cooking over an open fire. I've never done that. Oh, I'm, it's <laughs> do it I have takes to you do right that? back to your roots. I think for me anyway. I, I grew up learning to cook on fire because I was a Boy Scout. And so Were you a Boy Scout, Steve? I was a Boy Scout. Oh, my God. I, I was a Boy Scout until senior year in high school. So cooking Isn't over fire... Isn't that a little fire, old to be a Boy Scout? No, yeah. I'm kidding. No, no. Well, it's, about, it's again, it's, it's about, an, you know, it's an organization that I felt really good being a part of. That's so nice. And the guys that I hung out with, my crowd in high school, we would go camping together on the weekends, and the Boy Scout was our bond, the Boy Scout troop. And you did and the same thing, Willie? You were camping? I was camping. I think I uh, might have left the Scouts when I was maybe in 10th grade. But okay, like I, I, have, the I have literally never camped. Oh, my God. Camping so much fun. Will you guys take it, me camping? It's wonderful. Take- sure. And, and camping <laughs> for me was always on rivers as a rule. And uh, there was a lot of river activities, whether we were floating the river in inner tubes or kayaking or canoeing. And at the end of every day, there was the need to put a meal together. And most of my peer group had no interest in that particular task. And it was something that I just felt comfortable doing. You were already loving. Doing. You, you already yeah. loved cooking and, before, and obviously. And so the idea of organizing the meals for me started in my freshman year in high school. And I would bring turkeys to the river, or and we'd figure out a way to spin them. Not live you know. turkeys. No, no. Okay. But, we, you know, I mean, it wasn't the norm to show up on a canoe trip with two 15-pound turkeys. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, we, we, we figured out ways to spin them over the fire all day and, and um, did all kinds of different things that just opened my mind up to the fact that I could do this and that I like doing it and I like building fire and I like feeding the fire and I like cooking on the fire. The fire's good. Yeah, it's fire wonderful. Good. Fire good. And, and, <laughs> and, good. and the idea with the American Rivers Tour is to show people how easy it is to plan a meal and execute it over fire. And one of the recent ones that I did on the Teton River in outside of Driggs, Idaho, was a, um, it was a very simple chicken pot pie. So we weren't out there making a pie crust on the side of the river. What I did was I put together a bag of roasted chicken, a Ziploc bag filled with roasted chicken, a Ziploc bag filled with chopped up vegetables, primarily mirepoix, onion, celery, and carrots. Right. You don't have to explain mirepoix to us. We know what mirepoix <laughs> is, damn it. A stick of butter, 
a couple of eggs, and a packet of cornbread mix. Uh-huh. And so in my chicken pot pie for the river, for the American Rivers Tour, I decided instead of making a pie crust, I was going to use cornbread as the pie crust. And I actually put the cast iron skillet covered with a lid in the, in the coals. And 25 minutes later, we had a very nicely browned chicken pot pie that fed six guys and we were back on the river because you know when I do this food piece on the river most of the guys that are along with me the guides and the other guy that's fishing they're not really that interested in that piece of the trip but I'm trying to share these ideas with people who might not think of how they can instead of just going to the deli and getting sandwiches if you're gonna have a fire Go through the process of setting yourself up before you get on the river, and you can have a meal that's really going to surprise yourself and other people. Would you mix the, 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 the cornbread mix right in with everything and then just, and just cover it and cook it all together? It starts by making a, a chicken stew, Steve. What okay. we do is we soften the veg with, with about a quarter of the butter. We add flour to get the roux going, chicken stock right out of the box, right. you know, um, a nice chicken stock works, throw the chicken in, get that going like a stew, and then make the cornbread and pour it over the top. Um, I got um, it. Okay, Eric, cool. are you paying attention? I expect this for dinner tonight <laughs> over you know, the open really, fire. It's that easy. And you don't have to do it easy, on the fire. You can do it amazing. in the oven. I did it last night for Jessica at home. And um, Where are the leftovers? They are I love that's <laughs> probably gonna you know fill the rest of my afternoon but but uh, it's just a question of throwing it into a skillet and covering it and uh 40 minutes later you're good to go so how many of these okay well first of all i have so many questions american rivers tour art art it's my do art project. It is your art project. Mm, yeah, it's totally. It is. And where can people see it? Where well, can they on, uh, find Primarily them? right now, we have a YouTube site. So you could go to American Rivers Tour on YouTube. You could also go to our website, which is AmericanRiversTour.com. And there's 17 episodes in the system now. So I've, I've gone to Hayward, Wisconsin. I've gone to Viroqua, Wisconsin, which is my new favorite foodie destination. Wait, where in Wisconsin? Viroqua. It's about uh, an hour and a half west of Milwaukee. And it's basically... Amish country. The the farms there are off the hook. The cheesemakers are the best in the country. I'd like to say the world. There's nothing like good Wisconsin cheese. And the oh, fishing yeah, of course, the, the trout fishing is wonderful. <laughs> That's my name my old hometown. And and I went to I did a West Coast swing where we flew into San Francisco and worked our way up the coast and we fished the Eel River in Humboldt County for Steelhead. Have you seen any of these? We, we, oh, yeah. Well, actually, Colin, uh, Colin went just before he started it, uh, he and I had dinner at uh, the former Harbor Grill. You remember that's that? That's right. Well, Taco Steve Tuesday. Is, Steve is, a, is a, a wonderful ear for me. When I, when I have ideas that, I'm, that I am concerned I'm going overboard on, he sometimes reels me in. And in this reels case... Reels you in like a <laughs> fish? <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, but you know what? I love the one that you did right here, um, like outside the airport. That was insane to me that oh, you're like fishing by Idlewild and or another whatever. one that I've done that, that, that I'd like to just mention to your, your listenership because it's so local is... Um, I took Lyman, my oldest daughter, to a really cool little fish camp on Mauritius Bay called Silly Lily. And you can go to Silly Lily Fish Camp 
and rent a skiff for the day. And Kristen Muir has a beautiful food truck there, so you can buy your lunch from, from one of the best chefs on Long Island, and you can go out and explore the little islands that are in Rich's Bay. And, and Oh, it's wonderful. And um, those guys are regulars here. They, the guys that own Silly Lily come and visit us, and they have a... Um, they have a, a tackle shop there, and they have people that can explain to you where to go, what to use. They oh, can sell cool. you bait. Uh, they can sell you a couple of beers to take with you. See, so, I used to I used to like to just go and buy like night crawlers and worms just to play with them, and then worms. I'd let and then I would free them. Yeah, I'd be like well, fly away, but they didn't fly. Hey, Colin, very well. tell our listeners what the hours of operation of Estes Little Kitchen is right now in the, in, in the off season. 20 years, Steve, we've been serving the community from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day but Tuesday. And on Tuesday, it's the shed. Tuesday is the shed for for the time being. And then we serve dinner, and our menu skews to um, a Mexican palate. Uh, Not all of the dishes on our menu are Mexican, but we do a pretty good job with burritos and tacos and tamales. And and we have a wonderful guacamole that we make by hand every day. Uh, And we serve dinner on the weekends in the high season Thursday through Sunday. Starting on March 9th, we'll be... um, doing Friday and Saturday nights, and that'll run until Christmas. So that's our routine. Good, good, good. good. And we have the same same team doing the dinner service, you know, two and then four days a week so that our regular customers are received by people who are excited to see them, know what they like, and celebrate them. Is is Ruben still with you? Ruben is not. Ruben was with me in Connecticut, and he stayed on with the guy that bought my business. And and Ruben Bravo, if anyone out there, which a lot of people do know him, is um, doing one. He's he's running a salad station in Darien, Connecticut, for the Baldanza Bistro. And um, we just love the relationship that we have. He's a great guy. 27 years. Yeah, that's right. That's That's amazing. Well. We're going to take another little break, guys, but uh, I do want to give some love and a shout-out to our local NPR station, WPPB, 88.3 FM. And if you are listening, it would be wonderful if you made a donation to keep shows like this on the air. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy, my guest host, Steve Wheelie of Wordhampton. We're talking with Chef Colin Ambrose from Estia's Little Kitchen in Sag Harbor. We'll be right back after this. The following is a public service announcement from 88.3 WPPB. Founded in 2002, Fighting Chance is a free-of-charge cancer counseling and resource center independent from any hospital and funded solely by charitable contributions located in Sag Harbor on Long Island's East End, providing patients and their caregivers free access to a variety of resources and professional counseling. More information at fightingchance.org or 631-725-4646. Floating down that old river, boy. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy, and I have my guest host, Steve Hawili from Wordhampton here. Say hi. 
Hi, Bridgie. Hi, Hi Colin. Hey. Um, and we've got Colin Ambrose. We are coming to you from Estia's Little Kitchen on Sag Harbor Turnpike on a busy... On a sunny day. A sunny, beautiful day. A sunny February day. day. Welcome to Estia's. Yeah, it's wonderful. And the food is so great. And you've created such a community of food and art and fishing and all of the stuff that you're doing. Uh, and you are kind of consistently recognized for it. I don't want to get you, like, Colin just took a gulp of coffee. I didn't want you to do a spit take. But, like, are there any awards you haven't won? No, I'm kidding, because uh, I'm sure there are. But you were recently, I did a story about you. When was that? Like, in September, because of the Food Lab? You were recognized by um, the Food Institute, right? The, was it? Yeah, it was the Food Lab. The Food Lab, Jeffrey right. Drummond and I have been friends, and, and we've been quietly meeting and working on on building the food labs uh you know programming right, in my reach. own little way i i'm very remotely involved but i have done some dinners with them over the years and they needed someone to do a keynote right, presentation and, and biddle duke and i did it last year and you've been uh, i mean you've been recognized by slow food e east end i have you? yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. okay. and, we'll and that's an honor and, and you're being recognized by uh, project most uh, on uh, March 10th, you're the honoree for the for Empty Bowls. Is that correct? Yes, Empty Bowls is a great program that started about 15 years ago. Yep. Joe Real Muto and Brian Fuderman were kind of instrumental in helping the Spring School to develop a um, after school a program. seedlings program. Yep. They called it. It was inspired by. You know, uh, Alice Waters put together a format years ago that kind of showed public schools how they could make use of land that might not be fully utilized by putting greenhouses on there that would then introduce kids to the idea of growing food and then in many cases provide them with access to an afternoon snack that was something better than a bag of Doritos or a box of mac and cheese. Right, right. And Project Most is very important for our neighborhood because it's given children that might be going home to an empty house an activity between three and five. Um, I think in springs especially, there's a lot of households where both the parents or if there's only one parent are working. And so they've been able to teach these kids about agriculture in a very quiet and unassuming way uh, with great examples and um, through seeds and soil and years ago they came and um, they started the idea with empty bowls and the idea was to get chefs like myself to donate three or four gallons of soup to an event at the Springs Firehouse. Which very much. I mean, when you really... I well, mean, but well, when you get 15 chefs. When you get 15 oh, or know, 20 no, guys in a room... Well, right. I, mean, I mean, it's not a big ask. No. Oh, it's a perfect a thing. Chef. And yeah. you know what? That You know what? When, when chefs come together to do programming like this, it's generally more about what can we do for the community than, than how big can our, you know, our, our feathers look. Uh, right, of you course. Know, in other words, you know, the... the, the um, it's a great event. The rooster and the hen house. House. Uh, we don't really need to do that in this case because right. it's really more about helping these people who need help and um, people bring their own bowls or at least they used to I'm not sure exactly how it works because uh, it's always evolving but you know I'm gonna be doing a Mexican sweet corn soup nice. and wow. they were oh very gosh. nice to ask me you know um, if this um, award was something that 
that that I'd be interested in. And of course, um, we did an event here with April and April Gornick. April Gornick and 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 she and the whole art community came together and we raised over a hundred thousand dollars on the property. That's amazing here for the Sag Harbor for Partnership the, for the, the for the 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 project most. Oh oh oh. And um, this the Sag Harbor Cinema later on we did another event with them that that actually used the project most event as a blueprint Um, and so doing events for the community on this property is something that i try to do every year well that's what i want to get the empty bowls project is uh march 10th and it's um i think from uh 10 to 2 or something like that and it's it's at aguam hall i think or no no it's in it's in no No. it's in amagansett uh it's at the vfo the the, the american legion hall yeah american legion hall american let's go down the legion hall (laughs) you know i'm glad we're having this conversation (laughs) because i have (laughs) showed up at the wrong place before and and, and with my soup and then i'm scrambling and i'm just hoping it's the right day you know Uh, i did that the other day i showed up at the parish for um brian downey uh, is a photographer and cinematographer and he did a film for the uh um yes and i showed up and i thought it was at the parish and and i was in the I was in the parking lot going, Brian's full of shit. This isn't sold out. It wasn't at the parish. It was at the Watermill Center. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And I ran then you over just there. have to hope that time. it's the right day yeah. because it's in your head and it's not in a book anywhere. That's my challenge. I, I, I have my new book and I'm really working hard to oh, track you, you my commitments. Book, you, you don't mean a book that you wrote. You mean your daily planner. No, my daily planner. <laughs> this is something that's We're all gotta, getting up there, Colin. So uh, anyway, that, but that's it. I did want to mention, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're talking about events. And, you know, if people are, are going by uh, Little Estia, right where we are right now uh, in Sag Harbor, you know, it looks very unassuming from the outside. They don't see what's behind it, which is the most gorgeous garden. So, I mean, and I know that you grow many of the things that you serve in the restaurant, but it's a beautiful place to hold events. So yeah, that's we where do. you Thank would do you. it. Thank you for yeah. mentioning that. It's um, it's become a, a, a wonderful space for families to have family gatherings um, whether it's a rehearsal dinner for a wedding or a family reunion or um, one of our regular customers last year wanted to celebrate um, a, a resort in Mexico that he has an investment in and they have a lot of guests that have homes in the Hamptons and it was August and he said I'd like to invite all these people to have the kind of flavors that they experience when they're down in Mayacoba and come to the restaurant and have our chef come can we do that and it was so much fun they had 40 people here and my staff had a chance to work with one of Mexico's hottest chefs Juan Pablo and he brought his sous chef and the general manager came and we threw a real Mexican style asado wow and and these are the kinds of things that take us outside of the regular daily programming and it's exciting and we learn from it and uh so let's talk about that because i saw all that on your social media pages because you have a wonderful presence on on social so so if people want to follow you what are the what are the best ways to follow you on social and where 
Thanks for asking. Instagram? Chef Ambie. Chef Ambie. A-M-B-I-E. I follow you. Thank you. You and, follow me. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be a, a, a part of that community, um, to express myself with a photograph every day. Sometimes I, I, I shoot them with a camera and I hold them and save them. But as a, as a rule, when I walk through the restaurant, I'm looking for something that I'm proud of. Yeah. And whether it's a box of apples that just got dropped off from I the milk that. pail or a dish of, you know, torta aguagada, which is something that's very colorful. And I really hope people come and try it because it's not something that they expect when they walk in the door. Or maybe it's one of the smiles on my waitstaff. I, I, I try to share that. And then on Facebook, we have an SDS Little Kitchen Facebook page. I'm on Facebook and I, I post fairly often. And the American Rivers Tour is on Instagram as American Rivers Tour. And do you, ha you have a, a website for that as well, though, yes, right? Yes, the website is basically, you know, the um, accessible point, and all the recipes are on the website. So we have a very nice way of index carding all our recipes and uh, that we do on the rivers. We've done chili rellenos. We've done, you know, um, blackened elk and trout. And is this trout. all over an open fire? It's, as a, as a oh rule, it's God. over. You know, in some cases, we can't start fires because if we're in an area like in um, some parts of Oregon we couldn't start a fire because it was very dry when oh, yeah. we were there but um, as a rule we cook over fire and we in we invite chefs to come with us so I've had some of the best chefs in the country join me Carrie Heffernan joined me um, so off amazing. of uh, JFK and we fished for striped bass and he made a porgy and clams dish. And it was really an honor to spend a day with a guy like Carrie and talk about food and learn about his passion for the ocean and for all things sustainable seafood. You know what I love though too, Colin, is that whenever you do post something on social media and on Instagram, like your Chef Ambi page, uh, uh, that so many of the other local chefs call you chef you know like jeremy blitzstein like these people who are have come into their own under your tutelage and i know you don't want you're a, you're a humble guy but you have mentored so many people so i i think it's such a compliment when you when you put something up and people are writing yes chef oh thank you yeah it's and wonderful. you know the facebook thing is amazing because there's probably 30 people that have populated my page that work for me and, and these are people that worked for me when they were 17, 18 years old. Milan Lee, for example. Um, she was a big part of my success. She waited tables for me in Amagansett for five years. Her husband's now a very successful landscaper, and he does my property in, in East Hampton. And um, she introduced me to about 15 girls that ended up being regular servers in my restaurant. And a lot of them follow me on Facebook and they touch me every now and then with likes. And that really Aww. makes my day yeah. when I see the names of these people that are now parents, they're leaders in the business world. I had a guy walk in here the other day, Jason, who was my, one of my first dinner employees and now he's a multinational businessman and he came in to see me and we are in touch on the uh, social media and, well, I, and it's really an honor to have these people as part of our community and part of my life. What I, a lot of people don't know is that, remember, you remember Turtle Crossing and this incredible run that Turtle Crossing sure, had. Sure, Nancy Stanley, and Stanley Singer. Stanley Singer yeah. 
was a was a cook in your kitchen for how in in, in Amagansett for how long? Two well, years? He, yeah. A year? He, Stanley came to me. He said, "Colin, I got an idea for a little barbecue thing, <laughs> and uh, I just need to get my elbow working. Do you think I could?" Ha-? And he'd come in on Thursday nights and right. he'd cook with us for about yeah. a year. Bandana on. That's it. And, and you know, and if we're if we're talking about this we kind of Stanley, yeah, yeah, and Nancy, I'm still in touch with Nancy. Oh, we were good friends. We were on that. the East Hampton so Chamber of Commerce That's together. Right. We were both directors on the Chamber of Commerce, which of which you are a member. And then Chris the Polidoro, who has a, a restaurant called Doro down in, in South Florida now. Um, uh, so many people. Scott, for, Scott and Heather Fratangelo have Linzio in, in Ardsley, New York So now. you have populated and, like this whole breed of restaurants. And, and you know what? I didn't teach them anything more than how to be confident and, and to... to proceed into their lives with confidence and create their own style and they brought so much to me you know they added Chris watching Chris Polidoro handle pasta was he was he was a real you know culinary superstar before he even started running a business well I love to uh, whenever I bring up Steve Hawili in our office my uh, associate publisher and arts editor of the independent the newspaper that I founded with Jim Mackin, my boss, well, kind of boss is Jessica Mackin, and she always says, oh, you know, the first job I ever had writing was for Steve Huili at Word yeah. Hampton. She was one of our interns, one of our, one of our first employees. I love it. And yeah. I, woke up, I woke up this morning with Jessica and I writing back and forth to each other, and I was like, I'm going to see Steve Huili later. And she's like, give him a big kiss from me. And oh, she put sweet. big lips. So nice. we all, I mean, this is such a, a close, tight community, and we are also lucky to be part of it. I think we all stand on each other's shoulders, you know, and I think we all help each other out. Oh, unreal. Like like uh, John Yaz from Montauk. Oh. Um, well, he's doing that super he, he used to come in and fill in for me in the winter when I would go on, on uh, right. hiatus. Dennis McNeil. I have gout. And every now and then I'd have a flare-up, and Dennis was running the laundry, and he'd say, you know what, I'll come by and cover for you for two or three days. And that's the kind of friendship that lasts a whole lifetime. Absolutely. And it comes from very simple beginnings. And uh, well, I'm so I mean, pleased Well, Wheelie is, uh, is, is filling in for Alex Oklow. I could call right. up yeah. Steve oh, and yeah. say, hey, no Wheels, worries. you know, yep, I need absolutely. you. And, you know, the thing about this guy that drives him crazy, I think, is that I still know his private telephone line. And I know it by heart, and he gets these phone calls, and it's got to be me because nobody else is calling him on that line that he had in 1992. Oh, you know, you so and Joan Remenick from Newsday. That's somebody. Well, this has just been such a wonderful get together. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we before we take off, Steve Huili, the Colin? I mean, let, let's first of all, you know, once again go back to us being on WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station. I mean, we're stationed in Southampton, even though we're taping today from Estia and it's we got to show love to our to our local uh, listener supported public radio stations so if anyone out there has not donated or wants to just support shows like this support Bonnie Grice and Brian Cosgrove and Eddie German and all the other wonderful shows that are on it's just wonderful and please do you can go to 883wppb.org um, and what what do you want to talk about we got a few more minutes. First of all, I want to know if that chicken pot pie recipe is on uh, AmericanRiverTours.com. Uh, yeah, it's right, it's right up there it. on the website. And it was a very special day. Um, 
the wood on the side of that river was everywhere and I all it took was the one spark of the match to get it going nice. uh, it was it was such a beautiful day and the filmmaker that I worked with that day did a beautiful job we shot drone shots and so you really get a sense of how secluded a trip like that can be and you know it, it's it's interesting to note that um, when I go fishing I always hire a guide and I always try to find a local chef to go out with me. Right. And the reason I do that is because I don't want to go venturing out on water that I'm not familiar with right. by myself. And I really love the opportunity to spend a day with a couple of men who have commonality. And when I'm with a chef and a guide, we talk about fishing and food and, and the culture that we live in. And we have a chance to step outside of this social media life that right. we have we, you try, we get to the, unplug we get to unplug and we get to focus on eddies in the river and and the guide will tell us where to put the fly and if i'm lucky enough to hit it a lot of times i catch a fish and so i love taking advice from another man because i'm in my world i'm trying to run the ship all the time but that's right. so wonderful that you try to stay right sized that way and that's that's what i feel like when i say we talk about jessica mack and i mean I'm now working at a newspaper that I helped to found. I kind of clawed my way back to middle management, but it's wonderful to be part of. Isn't it really about that? No, there's no question about it. We're all very lucky to live out here and to be part of a very special community. Yeah, I. every day that I get to be here in the morning before the room is filled and I get to watch it fill up and be a part of the lives of you know, people like Jeff from Send. Jeff comes in three mornings a week, and we have a chance to touch base. We don't spend a lot of time talking, but we I know that he's okay. Right. I, I, I have so many customers like that, that. And Jeremy comes up and sits at the Formica, as he, he says. He, he does. Is that what he, he says? He, he's yeah. kind of stuck on one dish. we got to get him, <laughs> you know, the adobo pork thing. we got to get him to branch out. Talking about Jeremy Bluestein. That's it. And, yeah, you know, he's, bang, he's, bang, uh, shot he's about ready to go out to Gurney's uh, yeah. Star Island Yacht Club. Which he's going to break a lot of new ground. I thought you were going to break a lot of hearts not being at Almond, but I'm sure that they've got a great. They've got their routine. Yeah, yeah. And the guys at Almond are my heroes too because they're and my they're neighbors. Here today. They're right down the street. Yeah. Well, I was emailing Jeremy the other day and I asked him, I said, you know, he, you know, he's looking forward to it. And I said, are they stepping on your menus at all? And he says, they've approved all the menus that I've sent them. And that means some really exciting food oh, yeah. out at the Yacht Club. And it's food that's going to be sourced from the people that are important to this community, yes. like Alex Balsam and, and the fishermen that he's grown up with. The, the, this guy isn't faking it. No, you know, no. he, he's he's and I'm not saying that a lot of chefs out here do, but he's true to the word that he's putting out. If he says that that the squash on that dish comes from a local source, he's not running out halfway through the shift and throwing something else in there. Right. He's 86 in the dish because it doesn't speak to what he's claimed it would. Right. And that, so that's it's all about authenticity and about being connected, as you said, to the seed and the soil and the art of food and the art of fishing and the art of community. And I've had a wonderful time today. Thank you for having me, Bridget. Oh, Steve, it's been wonderful having you. I, I adore you. We go way, way back. That's Steve Hawili from Wordhampton. 
And this is Bridget Leroy, and we've been speaking with our guest, Chef Colin Ambrose at the Lestia's Kitchen in Sag Harbor. We're coming to you from there. And thank you, Colin. It's been a wonderful, enlightening, invigorating conversation. And now I'm really, really hungry for chicken pot pie <laughs> and maybe a couple of 15-pound turkeys. <laughs> I'm ask Great having you today. And, and please come back and see us anytime. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you. And this is uh, Bridget Leroy, Sundays on the East End. Be well, stay well. <laughs>